And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Call Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today. Hope all of you had a wonderful weekend, got a chance to spend some time with family, to worship with your church family. And uh, I hope got out to enjoy the weather. We had some rough weather uh, up my way for a bit of it. We had some thunderstorms and whatnot, some power outages. But I hope you had some nice weather where you were and got a chance to enjoy your weekend. I want to say thank you to the Republicans of North Carolina. I spoke at the Republican prayer breakfast, the the North Carolina prayer breakfast, uh, on Sunday morning uh, at the end of their uh, convention. And it was a great, great time. A lot of wonderful people there. And of course, many of our listeners were there and was so glad to have an opportunity to spend time with them. I want to thank uh, those folks down there in North Carolina for such a kind, uh, warm welcome. Really enjoyed myself. Had an opportunity. And they, most of the people there probably didn't make church because that was the closing of the convention. Uh, so we had a little church while I was there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but thank you all. Thank, thank all my North Carolina friends. Now, friends, now, now for all of my Georgia friends, Uh, I'm sure that you all are somewhat shocked to know that Georgia is the worst place in America to live. Or at least so says Stacey Abrams. Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, wow. Well, and let me be the first to inform you that, yes, Georgia is the worst place to live, Stacey Abrams says. She's tired of hearing about Georgia being a great place to do business when, in fact, it's the worst place to live. Yep. Now, of course, as usual, when you say something stupid like that, you then have to walk it back and try to figure out, how do I get out of this? But we know that's what she really believes. Because you see, she has a racial worldview. She She is infected with racial obsession syndrome. And because she sees everything through the lens of race and she sees herself as a victim and she sees all black folks and Hispanic folks and who knows who else uh, as victims, she sees Georgia as a state that is victimizing people. Now, where she comes to is victimizing people worse than even all the other racist states in America. I don't know. I do know this. Please, please, Georgia. For the sake of the country, retire this woman. Do not vote for her. She is a scourge. She just, think about her calling the the, um, uh, election reform bill in Georgia, Jim Crow 2.0. And we're finding out that tons of, of people are voting early because they expanded the early voting period to 17 days. So tons of people in Georgia are voting early. Uh, Black folks are voting. All people are voting. When you call it Jim Crow 2.0 and to know that the Ku Klux Klan was 
killing people, lynching people, terrorizing people to keep them from voting, that people were being turned away at the polls, not allowed to register, not allowed to vote. And because we're asking people to show an ID to prove who they are, suddenly it's Jim Crow 2.0. I don't know what they're going to be able to get get away with that after this next election when we're going to probably see massive turnouts all over the country. And that is that should sound the death knell to all of this. Oh, no, we, we can't have election reform. We can't have election integrity. You're trying to suppress the vote. When people turn out in droves to vote, that'll be the end of that. Or at least it should be. And it will be for any thinking person. Of course, that excludes most Democrats. It excludes all leftists because they don't think they only emote. And the emote drives them in one direction and one direction only. More power. More control over the lives of other people. And we have to lie to people and tell them that America is a racist place. America is systemically racist. America is structurally racist. And everybody is racist. And everything is racist. And, and we have to do that in order to get people to submit to our authority and submit to every sick, disgusting thing we want to do, well, then that's what we'll do. Well, you know, yeah. Oh, you want to overturn Roe v. Wade? That's racist! Please don't tell anybody that Margaret Sanger was an elitist and a racist and a, and, and, and a eugenicist who thought that getting rid of people she didn't think worthy of living was a good and noble thing to do. And by the way, she included Americans of European ancestry in that too, if you were feeble-minded from her perspective or you simply didn't deserve to live because you weren't of the right stock. And they're going to lecture us about racism and call the potential overturning of Roe v. Wade racist. If Roe v. Wade is overturned and it goes back to the states, what that might mean is the number of black babies, 36% of all the babies aborted in America every single year, 36% or higher in some regions, that those babies, many of those babies will not be murdered. Many, many of those babies will live. Maybe that's what it means. That is hardly racist. As far as I'm concerned, that's justice, real justice. So I didn't mean to get on a rant there uh, for all my Georgia friends, but please, for the entire country, vote that woman into retirement. You know what? She can go sit up with George Soros and do whatever George Soros does with whomever he spends time with that makes him write his checks for millions of dollars. Whatever that is, and I'm not going to speculate, and I don't mean to set our, our minds on flights of inappropriate fancy. All I'm saying is, whatever that is, she can go with George Soros and go do it and just leave us alone. You know, the last stupid comment, well, she made so many stupid comments. Um, by the way, we, we believe me, we are going to be, I am going to be active in that, in that race in Georgia because it, here again, I mean it when I say she's a scourge. She's a scourge on Georgia and a scourge on this country. Um, but, you know, she recently, remember she recently said, I am a, I am a pro, I think she's a pro-abortion convert. I am a convert. She was trying to make it like it was a religious conviction to kill unborn babies. I'm determined to do it. Yeah, I mean, that's, the woman is gone. 
And then before that, she made the comment, I'm tired of hearing about capitalism. Capitalism doesn't do anything for anybody. Capitalism doesn't see to it that anybody gets health care. And, and you want to say, what, what are you, you? You went to Yale. Did they teach you nothing? Where do you think the pharmaceutical drugs are coming from? Where do you think the, 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 the technological marvels that allow us to do things, uh, uh, operations, and, and uh, be able to see what's going on inside the human body like never before, where do you think those things have come from? They've come from American uh, entrepreneurs, American capitalists, Americans who believed that they could make a, make a better, better mousetrap and people would beat uh, a pathway to their door. What, what is, yeah, well, at any rate, like I said, I didn't mean to get on a rant about her, but she's just, she's just bad. Really, really bad. And this latest comment ought to insult every person who lives in Georgia. Who does she think she is? I've got relatives in Georgia and they, they are enjoying themselves. It is a wonderful place to live and a wonderful place to work. Stand by, folks. We're just getting started. We'll be back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. The terms misinformation and disinformation are frequently tossed around. That is why it is good to define the terms and explain why they are often misused. Getting a good definition shouldn't be difficult. Historically, dictionaries have defined misinformation as false or mistaken information. But if you type the word misinformation into some Internet websites, you will get a definition that implies that it also includes information intended to deceive others. That should be the definition for disinformation, which is intended to deliberately deceive people. Another problem arises from the tendency of pundits and politicians to blur facts and opinions. They assume their opinions and subjective interpretations are the same as objective facts. Raw data requires interpretation, but too many in politics and social media naively assume their interpretations and talking points are facts. One example can be found in a speech at Stanford University by former President Barack Obama on how he believes disinformation is weakening democracy. In particular, he talked about how big tech must prevent voter suppression that is targeted black and brown communities. But there's no evidence that supports that claim. Black and brown voter participation reached record levels in the 2020 election. But even if he was talking about the 2022 elections, there's no support for such a claim. Perhaps he was talking about Georgia. So far, Georgia voters have turned out in record numbers across the state and may set a record for voter participation. One political commentator said that if these voter integrity laws were attempts at voter suppression and Jim Crow 2.0, they were doing a terrible job. Let's not confuse these two terms and let's not confuse opinions and interpretations with facts and raw data. I'm Kirby Anderson and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Inflation, go to viewpoints.info slash inflation. That's viewpoints.info slash inflation. Genetics and the Age of the Earth. This is Ken Ham, a publisher of the award-winning family magazine, Answers. Evolutionists claim modern humans have been around for hundreds of thousands of years. Now, if this is true, 
there shall be a huge genetic difference between today's people groups. You see, every six generations a mutation or a mistake happens in the DNA we receive from our mothers. It's called mitochondrial DNA. If there have been thousands of generations, there should be hundreds of mutations and huge genetic differences. But the most differences scientists have found between any two people is only 123. This completely contradicts evolution's timeline. But this is the exact maximum number we'd expect in a biblical timeline of just a few hundred generations. Learn more about genetics and human ancestry when you visit our information-packed website at AnswersRadio.com. Sign up for email insights from Ken at AnswersRadio.com. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Well, we're discussing a few personalities today, which is not what we usually do. Um, we usually come at the issues, and then sometimes people are brought into it. So Stacey Abrams is the first personality we're discussing because, of course, elections are taking place in Georgia. She is running for governor, and she must never be permitted to get anywhere near the seat of power in Georgia. She must be voted out of, just voted into retirement. Just voted into retirement. Well, here's another personality that jumps out in the news today, Bill Maher. Now, I would be exaggerating and say I know Bill Maher well, I don't. Um, but when Bill Maher had his program Politically Correct, I was a guest on that program many times. Uh, I'm going to say probably eh, seven, eight, nine, maybe ten. Somewhere in there. But I did it a lot. Um, and, and, and did get to know him a little bit, at least as a talk show host. I got to know something about him from talking to people like the drivers who would take us from the hotel to the studio and all that. And they also drove Bill Maher. So they, <laughs> they had some very interesting things to say about Bill Maher. But Bill Maher is an atheist, confirmed atheist. In fact, you know what? I'm, I've got to go back. I've got the, the videotapes of my, my appearances on his program. And I've got to go back and, and archive those and post those on social media so that you can see them. Because it'd be very interesting. You'll see a significantly younger man, obviously. Uh, but the interesting thing you would see is that because all the other guests he had would always be in disagreement with me, and therefore I became the center of attention on those programs, questioning me, questioning my faith, questioning that you, you have to know Jesus, all of that. That, 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 that was a constant issue, and uh, <laughs> he, he got a little upset with me a couple times. Well, look, I, I can hardly believe that these days Bill Maher is saying things that I am in agreement with, but he is. And here recently he said, we should not be experimenting on young children with hormones and surgery because they are too young to be making those kinds of permanent life-changing decisions. Bill Maher, the atheist, is saying you shouldn't be doing that to kids because it's experimental. This is brand new. If Bill Maher, an atheist, sees that, why is it that so many of these idiots think that 
this is some great thing to do, and anybody who questions it perhaps deserves to have your children taken away from you if you won't cooperate with that, or at the very least, you're a right-wing extremist and a crazy who should not be listened to because you're transphobic and homophobic and all that. I don't know whether they'll say the same things about Bill Maher. They probably will, but... uh, Bill Maher. Bill Maher, folks, is saying, get your hands off our kids. And when you have a prominent, in fact, America's probably, uh, probably America's most prominent atheist saying, get your hands off our children in agreement with E.W. Jackson, <laughs> you know, as I've said before, folks, God is moving. God is moving. So thank you, Bill. I, I, would, I would never do his, uh, his HBO program because it's just not, I didn't feel comfortable going on that program given the language and the and the topics and all that stuff whereas when he was doing his program on ABC it had to be cleaner because it was on network television and I could I could do my thing there but I I, I didn't feel comfortable in HBO so I just declined to to do that and that was the end of that I haven't done his show since he was on ABC but I am glad that Bill is having some some tremendous insight into the nature of life and reality who knows Maybe people like Bill Maher, and I understand uh, Elon Musk is also an atheist, at least one of you reported that to me. I don't think I've verified that, but I trust what you all have reported to me. Um, Maybe these people will ultimately see that there is a transcendent power that, that provides for moral order for the universe, and that that's why these things that are happening are, are, are offending them because they too, made by the same God, have the same conscience. And if that conscience has not been seared over with a hot iron, then it becomes sensitive to things that they know this just isn't right. So praise God for that. Here's the third personality we'll deal with. And that is Nancy Pelosi. I'll tell you. To the everlasting credit of the Archdiocese of San Francisco, uh, Archbishop Salvatore uh, looks like Cordelione or Cordelione has barred her from receiving communion based upon her support for abortion. I'll tell you, I want to give him a standing ovation because this is the kind of thing that ought to be done all over the country. Joe Biden, all of these politicians who want to wear the mantle of being Catholics because they think that that's helpful helpful to them politically, they think they get votes that way, uh, need to be held to account for the fact that they are in abject rebellion and defiance against the teaching of the church they claim to be loyal adherents to. Now, I've heard some commentators say, you know, we ought to keep church and government separate. Look, the church doesn't minister to politicians. The church is supposed to minister to, and I would include the Catholic Church in this, minister to humanity, to human beings. And, and the particular position that a human being is in is, frankly, irrelevant. You don't get a pass because you're a politician. And when you have as large a platform as Nancy Pelosi's and you're willing to stand up defiantly and say, I support the very thing that the church teaches against, I support it. 
And then you want to be patted on the back as, quote, unquote, a good Catholic. I've even heard her say she's praying for some people. I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, please, I don't ever want to be on her prayer list. I, I'm, and, and I, folks, I'm serious. I don't ever want to be on her prayer list. Because as far as I'm concerned, the woman is a witch. And I, I don't want her casting any spells. So just don't, don't include me. I, 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 I covet the prayers of people who actually know and love God and believe that their prayers are effective because God hears and answers them. Praise God. Pray for me all you can, <laughs> as much as you want. I've never had somebody say, may I pray for you and say no. Uh-uh. I said, go right ahead. Praise the Lord. Who can get too much of that? But Nancy Pelosi's prayers? No, thank you. Keep them to yourself. Because they're not effective. They're an abomination as far as I'm concerned. In fact, the word says so. That the prayers of, of those who are in rebellion against God are an abomination to him. So I am glad that somebody has finally stood up. Maybe that will start a trend. See, these are all little, to me, little signs of the awakening. People have criticized him and said, well, is this because you think that Roe v. Wade is about to be overturned? He said, no. He said, nothing to do with that. He said, it has to do with um, advice that he received from then Cardinal Ratzinger that with these people in prominent positions, you counsel them, you talk to them, you counsel them, you talk to them, you try to get them to have a change of heart. But at some point when you see that there will be no change of heart, then you have to bring discipline. And he said he finally realized with Nancy Pelosi's outrage over the possibility that Roe v. Wade would be overturned, that her after counseling, whether he claims he's counseled with her personally, he realized that there's no no change of heart in her and it's time for, for discipline. So he has now banned her from taking communion, which I know in the Catholic Church is is an essential sacrament. And that means for all practical purposes, she is not allowed to practice Catholicism because I would say um, uh, the, the, the sacrament of the body and blood of Jesus Christ, and I'm not a Catholic, so forgive me, folks, if I don't have this exactly right, but the sacrament of taking the body and blood of Jesus Christ is, is absolutely essential to affirming yourself as a Christian from a Catholic perspective. And so being denied that is the equivalent, here again, in my view, is the equivalent of saying, well, certainly saying you are not in good standing as a member of this church. I think it's the equivalent of saying you're really not a Christian. You may claim to be one, you may pretend to be one, but you're not. Now, to bring this down to a much smaller universe, if I had a prominent member in my church who stood up publicly constantly and taught against life, taught against marriage as the Bible teaches it, I would say to that person, you shouldn't be coming here. Or, or at least you shouldn't be a member here. I, may, I might even go so far as to say, you can't be a member here because you're in, you're in rank rebellion against the very things that we are teaching. I had a guy one time, I don't think I've ever shared this with you all, but a guy one time started coming to my churches when I was pastoring up in Boston, and he asked to meet with me, and so I met with him. He said, you know, I'd really like to join your church. I said, oh, well, great. I said, we'd love to have you. He says, just one small problem. So, of course, I braced myself. Mm -hmm. 
He said, I don't believe in Jesus. Folks, I'm not kidding you. He said, I, I, I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe all this stuff. Jesus is God and all that. He said, but I love the way you preach, and I love the feel of this church, and I'd love to be a member. I said, well, you can't be a member. And he was shocked. Yeah, he was. I, I, what, do you, what do you mean I can't be a member? I want to be a member. I said, well, you, in order to be a member of this church, you must believe that Jesus Christ is God, come in the flesh to die on the cross for our sins, that he actually did that and then rose the third day in a bodily resurrection body to be our savior and our Lord is seated at the right hand of majesty on high. You don't believe that? You can come, but you can't be a member. Back in a moment. It's my turn. Here is your host for My Turn, Don Wildman. Emmanuel Dannon didn't live very long, but he lived well what few years he did live. He was without parents when he was four years old and was placed in the Milwaukee Poor House. That's what they called it in those days. He spent his next three years in that institution. Then Mr. and Mrs. Samuel Norton adopted Emmanuel. The Nortons also adopted a girl at the same time they adopted Emmanuel, two years older than he. The two went to live with the Nortons on the farm in Marquette County. Emmanuel had been living with the Nortons for about a year when Mr. Norton, whom he called Paul, told the lad of eight to tell a lie about something. The young boy answered back, Paul, I don't lie. Steadfastly refusing to tell the lie that his adopted parent wanted told, Norton took Emmanuel and tied his wrist to a rafter until only his toes touched the floor. For the next two hours, Norton flogged the boy with switches, while the lad kept refusing to tell the lie. When the lad was at last let down, he turned to Norton and said, Paul, I'm so cold. That night, the older girl later testified in court, Emmanuel Dannon died at the age of eight. He died believing it was wrong to tell a lie. Children shame us at times. Their beauty sometimes brings to light the ugliness of some of we adults. Studying human nature, one is not surprised that the carpenter took a little child, set him in the midst of the crowd, and told them that to enter the kingdom of heaven, they would have to become like that child. I have been shamed and humbled many times by the honesty and humility of children. We adults have many prejudices and hatreds which we have ingrained in us over a period of many years. Children are free of this. I heard a fellow say once that the races should be separated among the little children because they don't know the difference. Well, like the song says, you have to be taught to hate. Maybe one day adults will go on believing some of those great doctrines which they believed as children. Freedom, brotherhood, justice, love, helpfulness, kindness, appreciation, and all the others. Our world needs them, needs them far more than it needs more of the hatred and selfishness and ugliness of many of our adults. One of the best investments we as adults can make in life is the shaping of a young mind toward that which is true in life. Those parents and teachers and friends who spend their time teaching a child to love and appreciate and be grateful 
do far more in preventing the destruction of the world than all the ruling bodies in the world. Emmanuel Dannon was a great man, even if he was just eight years old. He stayed true to the highest he knew. After he died, a fund was begun to erect a monument to the boy who would not tell a lie. A total of $1,099 was given, but the treasurer stole every penny of it. That was back in 1851, over a hundred years later, in 1954. Funds were given, and a monument was erected in Emmanuel Dannon's honor. The Nazarene once said, Happy are those who suffer persecution because they do what God requires. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. I believe I know where Emmanuel lives now, in that place which belongs to him. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. The number is 888-589-8840. I want to get some of your calls in during this segment. 888-589-8840 is the number. And uh, while I'm waiting for your calls to come in, I want to hit a couple of other issues. I'm sure all of you are aware that we have a new announcement by this president that if the People's Republic of China, meaning the communist dictatorship of Xi Jinping, should decide to, to try to take Taiwan, that our military will be committed to defending Taiwan. Folks, the, no wonder the Bible says that when the wicked are, when the wicked rule, the people mourn. We have never made a commitment to go to war with China over Taiwan. Our policy has always been ambiguous. Jimmy Carter was, he made the mistake and really got us into the mess we're in right now uh, by saying that we would no longer acknowledge Taiwan as an independent nation, uh, that we would have a one China policy, which is in and of itself somewhat ambiguous. Taiwan has interpreted one China policy means that they really are China and that it is it is the People's Republic of China, the communist regime that is illegitimate and that Taiwan is legitimate. Uh, but this idea that if Xi Jinping decides he's going to forcibly take Taiwan, that we are going to go to war over it. <sighs> what dangerous times we're living in to have people who are utterly incompetent, A, and utterly in, in, in utter disregard of the interests of the American people, B. See, because, folks, the, the fundamental principle of our foreign policy should be this. What is in the best interests of the American people? Period. That's it. That's the fundamental principle. And look, I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. I love people. But the fundamental principle of our foreign policy is not humanitarian action. It's not. Um, I mean, it's just it's just not any of these other sort of emotional things that we we can get caught up in. It is what is in the best 
interests of the United States of America and our people, what is in our national security interests, what is in our economic interests. That's it. And I, I, I just think Joe Biden doesn't care what the interests of the American people are, A. And B, if he did, I don't think he's competent to execute it anyway. So we really got a double whammy with this guy. I mean, we, we are, and, and folks, here again, forgive me if this seems a bit exaggerated. I don't think it is. I think we are in grave danger with this man as president. I mean, our country. We really are. We are in grave danger with him as president because I don't think he's got a clue what he's, what he's really doing. And I think, as many of you suggested, he is the puppet of other people. Obama, George Soros, his wife, I don't know who all is pulling his strings. But I don't think he's competent to know where the strings are, let alone to pull them. So 888-589-8840 is the number. I wanted to get that on the table. Uh, but I, And I trust, I mean, even I'm, the White House staff has pulled back on that ridiculous comment, that ridiculous commitment. By the way, our policy should never have been, should never have been uh, refusing to deny Taiwan uh, as an independent, that refusing to deny that Taiwan is part of sovereign China. You know, we're ambiguous about it, but under Jimmy Carter, we refuse to acknowledge that. We should have left it just the way it was. There's China and there's Taiwan, and they are two independent countries. Now, China didn't like that, but we gave up on that as we have in many other ways, made concessions. Let me ask you this. What did we get for it? What did we get for it? I can tell you what we got. Absolutely nothing. Except what? 30 years of increasing dependence upon China for some of our most essential needs, our medicines, our manufacturing. That's what we got for it. So we might as well have left it as it is. China, we, when we began our relationship with China under Richard Nixon, China needed us far more than we needed them by, 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 by every standard. That's changed. That's changed. We've allowed ourselves to come into a position where we are dependent upon China to an extent that is absolutely counter to the interests of our country, and it's got to stop. It's got to stop. And, and I think that Biden is probably posturing anyway, uh, just in case we, we end up prosecuting Hunter Biden, he can show that he really didn't sell the country out to China. Yeah, well, uh, he, he did. 888-589-8840 is the number. That's 888-589-8840. Uh, hold on, folks. I'm having a little technical issue here. but uh, So there's, there's that. Um. Oh, and here's one other thing. One other thing. <laughs> this guy who attacked Dave Chappelle, we now have found out, he attacked Dave Chappelle because he was upset about what Dave Chappelle said about transgenderism. This guy is a bisexual, apparently, and uh, he was triggered by Chappelle's jokes. And the weapon he had, he said he didn't want to kill Chappelle. He just wanted to hurt him. 
And then they're constantly pointing the finger at conservatives, claiming that somehow we are full of hatred. That there's something wrong with us. And how many of us, in fact, the, the, the horrible uh, attack on a homosexual nightclub, who was that done by? Not, 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 not a conservative. Not a Bible-believing Christian. They, it was done by Islamic terrorists. And they want to try to make us out to be the, the oh, we, are, we are so dangerous. We're not attacking anybody. Tea Party never attacked anybody. Conservative movement, as far as I know, never attacked anybody. In fact, every time they start accusing somebody, like the guy who committed the Buffalo shooting, he's some kind of right wing. Come to find out, the guy identifies himself as a leftist. Yeah. Who, who hates Fox News and hates conservatives. Now, how, do you, how that all mixes in with his racial ideation about, you know, I don't know. But he, he was not identifying himself as a Bible-believing Christian or as a conservative. But, of course, the moment that happens, that's the picture they paint. It's a white supremacist out to kill. Yeah. One of these right-wing extremists. See, they don't understand, folks, that we as Christians do actually love people. We will defend ourselves. Make no mistake about that. And I believe we have a God-given right to do so. But we're not interested in hurting people. We're just interested in living our lives, being able to serve our God, to take care of ourselves, our families, to, to work, to earn to do the things that we are put on this earth to do. We're not interested in hurting anybody because they don't agree with us or because they're living differently than the way we believe they ought to. We're not interested in hurting anybody. It is the left, apparently. I mean, who was it who almost killed Steve Scalise and a group of Republicans who were just out to play some baseball? You ever heard of, 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 of an activist conservative going out and trying to do that to people? No because we don't think that way. All right, folks, the number is 888-589-8840. When we come back, we'll start taking your calls. Secular progressives want to teach our young children to know how to do things that only married adults should do, and some of it even married adults would find offensive. The prophet Isaiah warned us evil would one day be called good, and he taught us how to respond. American Family Studios has produced a video series featuring Dr. John Oswald explaining Isaiah's truth in a way we can easily understand and apply. Look for Isaiah, the servant of the Lord, when you visit resources.afa.net. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God, and our role is that of a trusted manager. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. 
When this mom ended a bad relationship, she found out she was pregnant. After the father told her to get an abortion, Julia was confused and didn't know what to do or who to talk to. I just knew that if I got an abortion, a part of me would be broken. Julia was referred to a preborn center where she was counseled and supported with the strength she needed to choose life. I couldn't imagine my life without him. Because of them, he's here. We're gonna get through it and it's gonna be okay. Preborn centers provide hope, love, free ultrasounds, and the gospel in action to moms like Julia. To find out more about the ministry of Preborn, visit them online at preborn.com. Again, that's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Your love can save a life. Being a woman who was blessed to have three children from pregnancy, I have a great deal of respect for the Creator's role in that and allowing me to be part of a miracle that I will remember for the rest of my life. Carol Kirkendall on Focus on the Family Minute, sharing a valuable lesson she's learned as a mom. So when he's knitting together this baby within a mother, I believe he's planting seeds and that we are trying to find who he made this child to be and uh, respecting that and parenting in a way that helps to grow those seeds and that they're different, you know, the children we have are all different. So we have to be the tiller of the soil to use the right kind of fertilizer. Hear more from Carol about encouraging your child's talents at familyminute.org. Back to The Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. The number again is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. We are open to take your calls. Let's get to it. Let's go to Tim in Texas. Tim, welcome. I'm Tim, your program. Yes, thank sir. You. Thank um, you, Tim. Talk, thank you. Um, blessings to you in Christ Jesus. Amen. I want to talk about China. Okay. And, and the Greece of China, we need to visit with our folks in Washington, D.C., and all the other big boys that play in China from America. Why are not? Why are we not addressing that? A lot of our businesses are over there because of slave labor. Why aren't we addressing that? Tim, you raised the question, and I'm sure you know the answer, because uh, we have, many of us, and when I say we, c- collectively, many of the people in our country have decided that they are willing to sell their souls for a bowl of porridge. That's what it boils down to. And, and you're right. That includes some of these politicians. There are many politicians, some Republicans, some Democrats, who uh, have their hand deep in the t- Chinese till. Uh, we know the NBA just cut another deal with China, I think worth about $5 billion. And so here again, this, this is a threat to our national security, our colleges, our universities. You all have called me before, and we've talked about China's purchase of land. They own 
192,000 acres of land, I believe just in Oklahoma, but they're buying up farmland all over our country. They're buying land at strategic points near our bases. Why are we allowing this? We should not be allowing it, folks. It's just that they are taking advantage of the fact that we are a free society, but we should not be free for a foreign entity to come in here and do things that undermine our national security from within. So, so Tim, you are absolutely right. There needs to be a house cleaning. Um, there needs to be an ac- uh, accountability for all those people who seem willing to sell our country to China for, for whatever the bid is, and uh, it's got to it's got to stop. We've got to put a stop to it. Thank you so much for the call, Tim. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's go to Nolan in Virginia. Nolan, welcome. Hey, how you doing? Real quick, I'm from Virginia. I just spent this past weekend in Smyrna, Georgia, so I'm wondering what, what planet does Stacey Abrams live on because I saw – I was at, I'm African American. My cousin is young. He's a professor at Georgia Tech. His wife and other young black couples live in upper middle class neighborhoods. And there are so many young black men who are attorneys down there. So how is Georgia so bad to live in if they're happy living down there and living wealthy? Hey, and Nolan, let's add the fact that Stacey Abrams is wealthy. She yeah, is she is a millionaire now. So please, it, it's you're right, Nolan. It's it's a joke. But but here again, Nolan, thank you so much for the call. Folks, they need people to be bitter. They need people to be angry. They need people to be frustrated and dissatisfied. That's what they're selling. They're not selling hope. They're not selling optimism. Speaking of that, my granddaughter is in Georgia. And I love going to visit my granddaughter and my daughter as well. My my baby girl is there and her husband. And 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 you're right. They they are living very, very well. Thank you very much. <laughs> so Nolan. But here again, they never let facts or truth get in the way, right? Just 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 say it. This these these laws are Jim Crow 2.0. And you know, that ought to make every black person angry when you know what Jim Crow laws actually did. And you know the results uh, that they produced and the people that were killed and the horrible circumstances that were created for living uh, in, in, in much of the South. I mean, and to equate voter integrity laws with, with Jim Crow laws is just, it, it ought to be unconscionable. But here again, they have no conscience. So thank you, Nolan, for pointing it out. You, you are not the only one uh, and I'm sure there are a whole bunch of black Georgians who heard hearing that thought themselves, uh, excuse me, I'm, I'm, I think I'm living pretty well. Thank you. Uh, let's go to the number is 888-589-8840. Let's go to Clayton in Louisiana. Clayton, welcome. Oh, good. Well, good morning. I don't remember what time. <laughs> okay, I, uh, I want to make mention it right quick. Um, you mentioned about Pelosi not receiving the Lord's Supper because of her stance on abortion. How come Pastor Barbara uh, served Peter Buttigieg the Lord's Supper, even though they know he is married to a man? But he did it. I saw it. I saw the video. See, well, the Bible said we are supposed to refuse to fellowship with darkness, but reprove it. He didn't do that. He fellowship with that, serving him the supper. 
Also, my next quick point is, as far as China and Taiwan is concerned, I believe that America will side with China if China attacks Taiwan, because China is a heavy player in the production of lithium. Lithium is necessary for the batteries, for our cars, so that we can deal with the global warming and whatnot. So Taiwan will be sacrificed. Clayton, what can I say? Thank you for the call. I think you're on point on both counts. Uh, I hope that there's leadership in our country that is not willing to, again, sell our souls for a lithium battery, let alone a bowl of porridge. Um, but you're right. I, I think the left would. I think they happily would. And, and by the way, that, that lithium and uh, the, some of the, the natural minerals that are needed to produce these batteries are also being mined in Africa with slave labor and child labor. So here again, all these people decrying the United States of America, we don't have child slavery. We don't have slave labor in our country. Uh, in fact, folks, let, let me just say something that you find, might find interesting just as a footnote here, and I'll come right back to your calls. I told you I'm rereading Up From Slavery by Booker T. Washington. And you know, one of the things he points out, and I've often said, slavery didn't, didn't America wasn't built on slavery. And if anything, slavery held back the development of our country. You know what he says? He says that after slavery, people had to be retaught that labor was honorable because slavery had instilled in the minds of many people, white and black, that labor was somehow indicative of slavery and beneath human dignity. He said, and he had to show people that labor was honorable. It was the slave, it was the use of slaves that was dishonorable, but that labor itself was honorable as free people. And so uh, we, you know, in our country, we work because we're free and we work because we have the ability to work we don't work because we're slaves. 888-589-8840, but that's not the case in China, and yet we have many who would denounce our country and yet uphold China. I mean, what is that all about, other than, here again, having sold your soul to the devil? Thank you for the call, Clayton. Let's get to, I want to try to get this in the order in which you all have been waiting, Sissy in Arkansas. Sissy, Welcome. I love your show. Love you. Thank, Thank you for being on me. Um, if we go to war with China, Biden knows that he cannot be voted out of office. Mm-hmm. And if he is, and so see you there. If he's yeah. Impeached, yeah. If he's impeached, do we really want Kamala Harris in there? Yeah, I'll tell you, we we are kind of between a rock and a hard place, aren't we, Sissy? Um, I I don't know whether it's it's Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Uh, Both of them are incompetent. Uh, Joe Biden is, I I think, suffering from the, the slow but steady onset of dementia. And Kamala Harris is just is just silly. I mean, she's just an airhead. Uh, And and folks, for those who would criticize people and call them racist for saying that, 
uh, you know that I'm black. I'm assessing the woman on the basis of her behavior and her competence. She is an airhead, period. Thank you so much for the call, sissy. 888-589-8840. And you know what, folks, I don't even know why I'm, I'm giving the number because I've got time just to try to get uh, your few calls that we've got left over in. So let's go to Mike in Ohio. Mike, welcome. Hey, how you doing this afternoon? Doing great, Mike. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you just fine. All right, good. I'm pulling over real quick since I, I've been driving down the road. <laughs> You've got a lot of great topics, and I do see our country in uh, you know in a lot of trouble right now. And one thing I don't hear a lot of prominent people on uh, the talk shows. Uh, you know, I listen to a lot of conservative. I do listen to a little bit of the liberal just to make sure I understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't hear a lot of people talk about Article 5 of the Constitution. You know, we've been in deep trouble for a long time because our, our, our government's just been, as President Trump described it best, a swamp. A swamp of people that have been in there for too many years and out for nothing but their own good and not the American people. And a convention of states is something that I've, I'm just wondering why isn't talked about a little bit more. So I'd like hey. to hang up and listen to your response. Thank you so much, Mike. And you're going to get my response here as we're coming to the end of the program. Uh, It's the Convention of the States is something that I know many conservatives embrace and many do not. Um, And I'm one of those people still sort of looking and studying the issue. Um, I don't reject out of hand any opportunity to try to save our country from the mess we're in. I'm not sure that that's the answer. Uh, Thank you so much for the call. I wish I could get to you, Craig. Please call again uh, so we can talk about the issue you were going to bring up. Uh, Folks, yes, we are in trouble. But look, as I've said many, many times, the crazier they get, the more people wake up. Just like if we see record voter turnout in Georgia, what happened to Jim Crow 2.0? I mean, it's just, it's utter madness to be putting that kind of demagoguery out there and people are gonna realize it and stop voting for demagogues. That's gonna do it for today. God bless each and every one of you. And remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.